0: to the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Foundation is a key. Guess what? We don't think about the foundation. Why? Because we know it. It's not that we, we learned it, it's we know it. It's not something, there's things I've learned, but they're not even relevant today. I learned how to build a carburetor when I went to high school and took auto, whatever it was, okay? And they rebuilt a carburetor. Today, I open that hood and I look at that carburetor and I go, this is like a spaceship. This has nothing to do with what I learned. Are you you hearing me? I learned that. But see, it isn't knowing. It isn't something that I've built upon carburetor after carburetor after carburetor because I learned the principle and I kept using that as a basics. This is a life foundation. Everything you learn foundational is a key to your success as a believer. The problem with Christians is we don't have foundations in the most important foundations. What does that mean? We're able to get led astray, we're able to be manipulated, we're able to be deceived because I don't have a foundation. And so I want you to know of foundations. And we're going to start teaching foundations, the, the most important foundations as a follower of Jesus, which relates 100% to life. Because everything we do here at Love Life is about what? Monday. Life, but Monday. You guys hear what I'm saying? This isn't about church. is isn't about the religious concept of church. It's Monday. Because if, if anything I teach cannot be used Monday, what's the purpose of this? If it's just for coming to church, are you guys hearing me? I want you to have a successful Monday. That means we got to give the information you need Sunday. Amen. All right. So Psalms 11 verse three, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And the answer is, is nothing. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Nothing. Proverbs 10:25. listen to this. When the, storms of, <clears throat> when the storms of life come, everybody say, they're going to come. When the storms of life, what? Now, this is where we are like Christians, we're shutting down now. I'm not green for that storm of life thing. I'm a Christian. Nothing bad happens to me. Then you're not a real believer. Because if you're a real believer, all hell breaks loose a lot, you know. But that's, that doesn't mean we have to receive what that produces, we just need to know we're going to get pressure pressing, right? Pressure pressing. Like Paul said, we're pressed on all sides, but not crushed. I love that. I love that. When I studied that out years ago, man, it was so awesome because what the Greek language literally shows is like, anybody seen a BB before, you know, for a BB gun, a steel ball? How about a steely? Marbles, steel, steel. I don't know what you guys call them when you're young. All right, steel balls. All right, you take a little steel ball, you put it on a hard surface and press your finger around the ball. What will happen? The pressure will surround the ball, but it won't crush it because my pressure pressing in is not more powerful than the pressure of the ball pressing out. You guys get this? So it can't be crushed, but the ball can... Feel the pressure. It can feel the pr- I can feel the pressure, but I'm not crushed. I want you to know this. Because what's happening is Christians are living this life of being crushed continuously. But that's their expectation. My life is crushed. Everything I do with is crushed. My hopes are crushed. My dreams are crushed. My marriage is crushed. My family is crushed. So the concept is, is we're always losing that is not a biblical concept. Then where'd you get your foundation? I can guarantee you where you got it. From your training. From your past. From others that don't believe what the scripture teaches. Or it's out of ignorance. They just don't know. And a whole lot of Christians don't know. I want you to know. I want you all to know. I tell, I, like I said Saturday, I said, I want you guys to have all this. I want you to know as much as I know. And some. And get this stuff in you to where you're living your daily life. One plus one equals two. But that doesn't mean you have to get up and go, one plus one equals two. Oh, I got it. It means you already got it. You know. You know that you know that you know. So if I go to the store, I pull a can. I think I need two of them. I'm not sitting there going, how's that work again? No, I know the foundation. It's automatic. One can, two can. Boom. There it is. Right? Now we allow That's simple. That's easy and elementary. It's mandatory for life. But I don't have to think about it. I know. I know. Amen? So I want you to know. And I'm going to give you these foundations that you have to know. You have to. it's, It's like eating and sleeping. You do it. And it's automatic. All right. When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away but the godly have a lasting foundation. Now, notice what it says. This is Proverbs, and Proverbs is telling us that without a foundation, and that's what the wicked don't have, they're like tumbleweeds. They're gonna blow everywhere. Wherever the wind blows them, they're going. That's so many believers' lives right now that they just blow with whatever wind. They're tumbleweeds, or their ship tossed about the waves. I mean, it, oh, I, I believe this, and all of a sudden it changes, and oh, I believe this, and it changes. And I, you know why you do that? You don't have a foundation of truth. And, and know this, God is truth. Not, not he, he's truth because he says it. It's who he is. It's who he is. All right, Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, whoever, are you a whoever? Yes, you are. Therefore, I got to get more than three people coming back at me, okay? I need my church going, yeah, pastor, you got this. You got this. Support me up here, right? It's right? I'm by myself. It's awful scary. Come on now. And I'm not trying to get you to preach over me. I just want you to engage with me. It just makes me feel so much better, all right? All right. Therefore, whoever, <laughs> I like that. Come on, pastor. All right. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does does them and does them, whoever hears and does them, whoever hears and does them, I'm going to show you what they look like. I like when Jesus talks this way. Whoever hears these words and does them, I'm going to show you how they look like. They look like a wise person. They, They what? Wise person. We all know what wisdom is. We understand wisdom in this church. Wisdom is the, there we go. I got three people from my church. rest are visitors. Okay. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Y'all know people that have a lot of knowledge, but they're stupid. Just keep your eyes looking straight right now. Don't look to your neighbor. Just look straight ahead. You know a lot of people that know everything and they can tell you how much they know. And then you look at their life and they're going then why don't you use any of it? And that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. It, one of the great responses I have that is a perfect analogy of this is when I've counseled marriages over the years, and I've counseled hundreds of marriages, and the majority of the statements are this. After I'm counseling, I'm sharing Bible truths, just wisdom on how to have, you know, a a better marriage than what you have right now. And you know what I get most of the time? I would say 99% of the time I get this statement. I know. That's the dumbest thing to say in that time. Because what you're telling me is, you know, but you ain't doing nothing that you know. That is the definition of not being wisdom, not being wise. But if you can go, I know, I do that, then it's a different statement. But I've heard it over and over and over again. I know. Usually it's from the guys. The women are usually crying through the whole, sur- the whole council panel. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. You guys with me? Yeah. I will liken them to a wise man who built their house on the rock. Who does what? They build upon a firm foundation. Yeah. They build upon a firm, stable foundation. What is Jesus telling me? What is Jesus telling you? You want to have success in life. You're going to have to have some foundations. Correct? Yeah. The whole Bible isn't a foundation. The whole Bible has foundation and the necessary supplies to build on the foundation. The whole Bible isn't the foundation. You can't go by that way. You have to understand there's foundational truths, and then you build upon, you build your life upon those foundational truths, okay? Then what happens is when you build on foundational truths, you have a structure that's going to be built correctly. But it's up to you to build correctly, amen? So here we say, see this. I will liken them to as a wise person who builds their house on the rock. And, ever say and. This is, the, this is the stickler. This is the issue right now. And the rains descended. And the rains descended. The floods came. The winds blew. Are you guys seeing this? He said... When it comes down to the picture of success in life, I want you to understand something. You need to be able to hear my words and do it. You are going to put my words to action. And by doing that, you will be grounded. You have this foundation in your life that when the storms come, not they're never gonna come because I believe in Jesus. He's saying, they're gonna come, but who cares? If it doesn't negatively affect me. In other words, it's not going to break something, destroy something, crack something. The storm comes and and I'm standing at the end and it's all good. Then it's all good. But we can't be crumbling because the rain comes down. Oh, by the way, let me give you the in-depth teaching on this. The rain descends. Kata baino bino is an interesting word because it literally means an intense bearing down, intense falling. So it's not like a sprinkle. Oh, I'm being real tested. It's sprinkling. No, it's when the rains are coming down hard, hard. That's what the Greek language is. So it shows you that when the rains get to a place where it's pouring on you and you can barely see let's keep looking at what it says. The floods came, the winds blew. and IOmas, and Iamos literally means a strong wind that causes destructive force, a strong wind that causes massive waves, a strong wave that causes a wind that just blows so hard that it's out to destroy. So this is what it's saying in the Greek. So when Jesus is talking, they're like going, man, I've seen rain that hard. I've, I've felt wind that, that rough. Have you guys felt wind that way? Have you ever felt wind that pushes you, that'll blow you? Man, that's a terrible feeling when you're going and you're going like that. You can't hold yourself. Or rain comes down so hard where you love rain, especially living here. But it comes down so hard that you know that this, this, is, this is not good stuff. I mean, it's literally just instantly flooding stuff. And that's what it's trying to share with us that it'll come that way in life. But what does he say about this? And this is what we want for our foundation. He says this. And they beat on that house. I don't like this. I, why would he have to go to beat on the house? Why not, you know, rain's going to come and the winds and the floods and everything will be okay. But he doesn't. He goes into an intense form saying, there's gonna be times when you're not only feeling it, but your mind's like drifting away going, are we going to make it through this? I mean, it's literally rattling you. Are you guys hearing me? I, I want you to know this because in life there are times... In situations where you're being rattled, where this stuff is almost like, are we gonna make it? But the foundation's gonna help you answer your question. many times in scripture, you'll see questions made, especially David. And then he answers them. Hey, but my God, my God takes care of me. My God's a force. My God's security. The the enemies are surrounding me and and they're evil and they want to kill me. But my God's a shield. That's what he does. It's so cool. And, And I've done this many times in my own prayer life, talking to God, I sit there and whine and throw a fit and cry. And ultimately I'm going, but God, you got this. I'm trusting you. I got faith in you. I know your word. I know I'm going to overcome. I know I'm going to get through this. I'm good. I'm good. But I had to to have that time of, (laughs) don't you sometimes need that? We're just like going, (laughs) just me. All right. But that's okay. He says, and it beat on the house, but it did not fall. Why? For it was founded on the rock. Yes. Is that sweet? Yes. But then he goes, but, everybody liked that one. Right. Everyone who hears, there it is, you hearing, you're an ear, you're hearing. What are you going to do with it? you going to hear with ears to hear like Jesus said. Do you have ears to hear? He said it many times. Or are you just going to listen to what's being said? I have ears to hear. I want, I want effect. I want to receive the instruction and I want to be able to use it. Well, first and foremost, we stop right now. What can you use out of this? You can use what Jesus said. His word said, yeah, you're going to have a tough time in there. But if you realize that I'm your Lord, you're serving me. By the way, I rose again. Remember, we celebrated that. I, I've resurrected and that means that you'll resurrect too. no matter what we got eternal life. Don't fear. Don't worry about this. You're going to make it through this. Come on, somebody. And he says, I'm going to like it to the one who hears the sayings of mine, but does not do them. I will. They will be like a foolish man. The Greek word is actually stupid, by the way. I just want to get it out there or as stupid all. All right. <laughs> we'll be like a foolish man. Um, who built his house on sand. Foolish. What, 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 what would define that? It's a person that only care about what the look looks like. Because no one can see the foundation. Let me just show you my new car. When I pull up into my dump. What, what is that statement? My image is in the vehicle. And when I drive it, look at me. But then you pull up to, you know, just a a little tiny dump house. That's your image. Are you hearing me? Things cannot be equated to your image. You live your life character, integrity, and that itself will carry you through quite a bit of life. Amen. Now let's go. He says, the rain descends, the winds blow, the floods came and beat on the house and it fell and great was the fall. So he doesn't say it just had a a nasty effect. He said it had a destructive effect. So we need to hear the word and do the word. Hear the word and do the word. It builds foundation. All right, moving right along. Luke 6, 47. I didn't touch on flood, but Luke majors on this right now. So let's look to Luke, all right? But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? See, this is, I I learned this years ago about the position of Jesus in my life. A lot of people have Jesus, As Savior, Jesus died for me. (laughs) I'm going to hell. I got eternity. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me, but He's not their Lord. So it says Jesus is our Savior and our what Lord. Jesus is what He's our Savior and our Lord. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus is our Savior? No, that Jesus is our Lord. What is Lordship? How do you define it? What's Lordship? Think about it. Lordship is a position of submitting to someone higher than you. In other words, he says it, I do it. Think of it as your boss. You're getting paid. He's going to tell you to do something. You're going to do it because you're getting paid, right? It's true fact. So what we need to understand is the lordship of Jesus is the submission to his authority. Don't fear that. Love it. That submission is nothing but beneficial to your life. He's not going to lord over you. He's going to lord in a position where you become walking in the power and authority that he has desired you to walk in. And that's what he wants for everyone in here. He says, whoever comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will liken them building a house. Okay, we we got that. I'm building a house. What does building a house literally mean? It's a process of life. Building a house is process of life. So we have a foundation. Now I'm building on my house right now. And that's a process of life. Who dug a deep, And laid the foundation on rock. He dug deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when the flood arose. He's going to talk just about the flood. And he says, when the flood arose. And in that, he's talking about a stream. Not just water rising up. He's talking about a stream. But in the Greek language, it's an intensive statement of a river that's pushing forward and overcoming everything. Now, the reason why this is important, because again, you're reading translation, it says, and the stream rose and the flood rose. So you don't get the essence of what he's saying, the way he's saying it. When they hear it, when the, when, when, when the people are hearing him talk, they're seeing this. They're seeing a massive river destroying everything. They're seeing this flood coming in where, where everything's dying. And now Jesus is saying, you build your house on a rock. When that thing comes, guess what? Your house will stand. And everybody's like going, boom, yeah. They're going, yeah, that's awesome. They want to hear that. Because they've seen their neighbors destroyed. They've seen their homes destroyed. They've seen rains come and destroy. They've seen winds destroyed. They've seen destruction. You've seen destruction. You've felt destruction. And now my Jesus, your Jesus, is coming on the scene and saying, lay a new foundation. That new new foundation isn't about the destruction in your past. That new foundation is about your belief in my word that says, you're not going to fall. You're not going to be crushed. You're going to overcome this. Come on, listen to me. I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to you and your husband. I'm not talking about you and your family. I'm talking about you. You got to get this. Otherwise, no one else is going to get it. This ain't a message for your husband. It's a message for you. You hear me? It's not a message for someone else. It's a message for you. Why? Because that person might not be following this message. That person might not be hearing this message. But you need it because they're causing a storm. And if you got this message, guess what? You're going to stand. You, you know why you're crumbling? You know why they have such a pull on you? Because you believe they fall, you fall. No! That would rob Jesus of his word. Stand. And when you've done all the stands, stand. Man, that's in a military terminology. That's when God's talking in Ephesians to the church, saying, I've given you weapons and this is your power and authority. And when you've done all to stand in a military stance, ready to take on whatever comes your way, stand. Yes. That's some good news, huh? Yes. That's good stuff. I like listening to that stuff. Moving right along. He says that flood is going to come hard, it's going to beat strongly against the house which literally means it's going to push so hard to crack, destroy, and to blow over. Woo! And what does he say? The house will not shake. The house will not fall. Why? Because it's founded on the rock. Are you guys hearing? But the stupid person is going to build their house on no foundation. no foundation. And these are the words of Jesus, not me, so don't look at me like I'm calling you stupid. Because y'all are building foundations. You're here, right? Yes. Amen. Yes. All right. So, what I want to do is I want to take this information, I'm going to go to the next stage. The next stage is, is what's happening in the last of the last days, okay? And this is what we're dealing with right now. People are saying, are we in the last days? You know, in, in other words, they're trying to say, what day is Jesus coming back? It, forget that he's, he's number one is it's not about him coming back for us to be concerned about. It's about us meeting him in the air. Don't worry about coming back. Cause if you if you're, if you're talking about coming back, you're going through a lot of problems. Just so you know that, if you're trying to figure out this whole end time stuff, don't you don't want coming back because second coming is after tribulation. You know, you that's not what you're dealing with. You're dealing with we we meet him. He ain't coming back. We meet him in the air. So so, which we learned foundationally, that's the first resurrection. All right. But anyway, moving right along is is that when we look at this correctly, we realize now it doesn't take, you know, a rocket scientist or a Bible college, you know, uh, diploma to understand that we're, we're getting close to a lot of end, end time Bible things that say it's closer now than ever before. Even in the area of technology, you can make that statement now. Before, you know, years ago, you can make that statement, and it's like, I don't know, how could it happen? You know, I don't know. So you're looking at, not sure, but all of a sudden, when, when the internet, you know, opened up its gates, and all of a sudden, these things started building upon each other, and then the pandemic, all of a sudden, you started seeing things that you would never believe would take place. Now we blew off the chips and the dogs. We blew them off. Anybody have a pet where you put a chip in them, right? Remember that? Some of you, some of you are like, I don't care less if they run off or not. <laughs> so, so, but they have a chip. I mean, you can't see it. And they put that chip in your dog and all the information's there for your dog. You know, they can scan your dog. Oh, he belongs to that person over there. Okay. You all got that. So we got go, okay, whatever, no big deal. Cause why it's a, it's an animal. We're not thinking about, look at the technology. We're just like going whatever, but you know, the super spiritual wacko ones look at that and they go, Jesus is coming back. Look at this, they're chips and dogs. We're next. Well, I understand their, their, their concept, but what happens is it's everything's fear motivated with these people completely. There is nothing in scripture, no matter what it's talking about, that's in connection with fear. If you're fear about something, it's because you don't know the right teaching. I've been doing this for a long time now. I have, a long time. I know I only look like 30, but I, I've been doing a long time. Don't laugh at that. The store people think I am, the, the taxi drivers, let's move on. The point of the matter is this. It's true, I'll be sitting there and going, yeah, you're my son's age, don't you understand? I'm like going, I can be your son's dad. All right, moving right along. Now, listen to me. Listen. For those that are, you're newer here, older here, or you're brand new. You just came in. You're like going, what the heck did I get into? Actually, you're not. You're like going, I've never heard church like this before. That's usually the main comment. Well, we ain't playing religion. That's why. The point is, is when you start thinking about this stuff, you start seeing what Scripture says. It doesn't hold fear in the context of truth. Ever, so if you like, I said, if you're hearing something, and you're like going, oh, my God, "We're all gonna die," you don't know what this is selling you. You don't know what the Bible's about. It's like the tribulation. The church people are freaking out over tribulation. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands, but if I know if I did, how many of you are freaking out because of tribulation? Many of you raise your hands, but you know why? Because you don't know the truth. Unless you're a Jew, and not saved. Don't worry about it. Now, that doesn't mean only Jews that aren't saved are going to deal with it. But the seven years are because of them for them. And the world is going to be involved in that. But it's not for the church. The church will get out of the way. And then God will take care of the last, the 70th week of his judgment on Israel. It's not for you. So you shouldn't freak out about it. You shouldn't be in, oh my gosh, don't worry about it. You're not even going to realize what's going on. You're going to be up with Jesus partying, yeah. hanging out, having a good time. I mean, <laughs> living this life for these seven years, like going, do we have to come back? Well, we will. We come back for a thousand year reign with him. All right, I didn't even mean to get off on end times, but let's move on. I just thought some of, there's some people in here, you just, you're, you're whacking, you're just going crazy. Or stuff you ought not to be going crazy on. Now, here, let me help you. This is a natural principle and a spiritual truth that will set you free. You ready? You guys all ready for this one? This is any of my notes. Ready? Watch. Ready? Do this. <sighs> all right. There we go. You learned something spiritual today. 1 Timothy four 6. Y'all with me? 1 Timothy 4, six. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. What's Paul saying? Paul's telling Timothy, he's telling the pastors of his day, you want to be a good minister, a responsible leader? You want to be a responsible leader? Then you tithemi, means lay down a strong, deep foundation. You instruct in the process of laying a foundation to build upon, you will be a good minister. A good minister. That's what Paul told Timothy. Now think about that. He says foundation is the key. Foundation is the key. Last days, say I didn't forget, last days we're going to look at. Ready? We are in the last of the last days. And this is why it's so important to understand truth. Because a lot of people have some freaky ideology. It's religious. It's because you got religious, tra- uh, religious training. You, you communicate religiously. And you make religious statements that don't even make sense. All right? So here we go. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit expressly says. Everybody say expressly says. Now that means that the spirit, and he says this, expressly says means this, this can't be avoided. This is going to happen. This can't be avoided. So what is he talking about? He said, in the latter times, that's the last of the last days. So 2,000 years from when this was preached, We're we're in this time period. The last of the last days. It's the last of the time period. The last of the time period. A seasons, all right? In the last of the seasons, some will depart. Some will depart from the faith. Actually, actually it's in the original. Some will depart from faith. Peace this. Confident belief. Some will depart from faith. Why? Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons that scripture says this is what's going to happen it's unavoidable that some people i don't believe any in here but some people or maybe but some people will be deceived or led away now let me break it down what how the greek shows it because then you're going to see i think it'll help you see what this is is it is an information that comes at you and all of a sudden i'm out of here that's not what the Greek's saying. The, the Greek here is saying this. When some will depart, afastame, afastame literally means this slow move off the path. A slow move off the path. So what it's saying is, is that deception comes in that it doesn't just overtake you, you entertain the truth that doesn't line up with Scripture. You get on YouTube and you're like, oh, look at that. Look at it. Oh, I didn't know that. And all of a sudden, you're opening the door. I promise you, most of the time when you start hearing this kind of stuff, the ultimate thing that's going to happen is you're going to start having fear. Because God's Word doesn't produce fear. False teachings, false belief systems will produce fear. It'll produce fear outwardly, and it'll produce fear upwardly. Does God love me? I mean, am I going to make it? Am I saved? False teaching produces fear. Y'all got that? All right. I want you fear free. I want everybody in here fear free. Fear free. Fear free. Say it fast. Ten times. Fear free, fear, fear, fear. All right. Now, the Spirit says, this cannot be avoided. In the last of the last days, some will slowly back away. It's not a quick happening. They slowly get deceived. Look at this. They slowly move away from faith, giving heed. They place attention to false teachers on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. It says, they give attention to deceiving. Everybody say deceiving. 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 That's the Greek word planos, and again, this is a this, this statement right here literally means the ability to cause to wander or to seduce away, wow. to seduce away. Come see the cookie. You want the cookie? Look at the cookie. See the cookie. It's gonna be here. It's, come on and, and the cookie. Have oh, the cookie. And all of a sudden, you are way far away from faith now because you want the cookie. guys getting this? Anybody learning anything? All right, good. Let's keep going. Giving heed, paying attention to, deceiving the cause to wander from spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, this is an interesting word because who in the world is going to obey a doctrine of a demon? Here I'm going to deceive you with here satanic doctrine. Now what are we going to do? Nothing. We're going to go "Ah, get away from me. I don't want that stuff. I'm not going to read your book. No. What is he saying? He's saying this. Now remember, and and I was sharing this Saturday. You gonna you want to know the scripture? The context of the script. Ooh, that was weird. The context of the scripture has to be fully understood. You, you can't just pull one scripture out and try to define everything. You have that have context with everything. When you have context with everything, then you can read a scripture and realize, wait a minute, and these scriptures back it up in this context. But pulling something out, you, you, you mess up. And this is what we do. We keep the fullness of the scripture in context. So what does the Bible tell us about the enemy? Well, we know this. His power is only in. It's only in the ability to work deception in the mind, period. Who controls your mind? You do, 100%. So think about the power he really has. But what power are you giving him? See, by not knowing, you are giving him much power. I know a lot of you in here, you're like, going, don't even bring up his name, you know? We're so, we're so fearful and concerned. Don't bring attention. The Bible says what? He says this. The scripture says this. Resist the devil and he will flee. Well, how is that all powerful and all demonic ability? No, the truth is, is the power that lives in us, the power we have is greater than the outward power. All right. Now, what does that mean to me? That means this. The enemy comes in and he tries to open it, get an open door where I'm sitting there thinking wacko stuff. And then he comes in. Yeah, good thought. Here, let me give you some more. That's the only way he can work. The other connection to scripture is, is the Bible says that the enemy comes in as a angel of what? Light. Now, is he saying he's going to appear like a lighted angel? No. It says he comes with appearance as an angel of what? Illumination. An angel of what? Illumination. Are you hearing me? The the enemy comes in like an angel of illumination. So in that illumination, we understand that the Bible's telling us that the enemy, and after that statement, it says, and his instructors, people, his instructors teach deceptive doctrines. See, the enemy work can only work through someone that's listening to him. And that someone that's listening to him, all of a sudden is sharing him. And you might think, it's, if it's a demonic leader, then it's someone walking around with a pentagram on their shirt. Or it's someone walking with black fingernails. Or we start talking that way, but let me tell you something. Did Peter, was he used to the devil as a disciple of Jesus once? Yes or no? So what I'm saying is, you start opening your head your mind to false teachings, you can be used of the devil coming to church here. And you know, how could that be, Pastor? I don't know. Maybe you're going to go out to lunch and start talking about some wacko stuff and determining it as Bible truth. You're being used of the enemy. But see, we think it's all, ah, it's, it's my right to be able to share my feelings. So why tell me this? That's that freaky, goofy, super spiritual, wacko religion that's not even biblical. But you've been brought up in it. You assume that's the way it's supposed to be ran. No, it isn't. According to the Bible, it's not. You have no right to do that. You have no right You have right to share the wisdom of God. You have right to share a foundation. That's your purpose and place on this earth to take the truths of God's word and help other people learn and grow. But it's not your right to share your, your wacko feelings that aren't even biblical for what purpose. Now you might be thinking, Oh yes, it is. It's called a fable. That's all it is. According to God, it's called a fable. It has no factual grounds to it. It's not biblical. It's a fable. That's all it is. Oh, you want to see where fables are used in Scripture? I heard people say yes. (laughs) Because they are seduced away by spirits and doctrines of demons. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. Second letter to Timothy. He wrote the first letter. He's coming back with the second letter. For the time will come when they, when they, church people, will not endure sound doctrine. Why? Why would you get off foundation? It's not your purpose of heart. It's not, I, I don't believe anybody. It's your attitude to go off and do wacko. I don't believe it. But I do believe that if you open up your mind, your heart to false instruction and you allow that stuff to start entering in, this is what happens. You do not endure sound doctrine, but according to what? Your own desires. I just feel like I want to learn more and I want to to hear more. I I want to experience more. You are getting in trouble with all the craziness out there. Now, let's go look at this. This is awesome. He says, they want to experience more. I want my own natural taste. I want what I want because this is what he lines it to. They have itching ears. You have itching ears. What does that mean? You want to hear for pleasure, not to hear for what you really want, what you need. You want to hear what you want, but not what you need. You know how many Christians are living their lives right now that way? Yes. I mean, literally, coming in, you know, going to church, and they're going, yeah, whatever, that's your belief. I, you know, I believe this way. I mean, just that attitude, that arrogant attitude. And that's not even what the Bible even tiny, tiny bit reflects on a person that's growing and maturing. Of course, we want our kids to grow in the foundation of our our beliefs and and grow and be able to make decisions and start making choices of what? Of the teaching, of what they're instructed. And then we want them to be able to grow up and be able to have a life where, no, I'm not controlling, but they're controlled by foundation now. The doctrines of truths that they've been trained in, which we all are dealing with negatives more than positives, right? Right. But the, hey, that's, you, you look at it and say, God, that's how uh, it's nasty, but guess what? It's a fact. And I look at that, I, this is what I've learned. I learned to re- use reverse psychology on me early on. I, I'm not that smart. So I'd rather, you know, do the dumb stuff to make it easier. So I looked at myself and said, wait a minute, if this negative affects me all the time because of the way I train, then that's, that's a good thing to understand because that means I can train it." differently and become different because the bad stuff is there and I was trained that way. So if that's a pot, that's a way I look at it and go, okay, I'm screwed up because, hey, it works. Right? I'm screwed up because it works. And by doing that, it helped me become the father I am today, the husband I am today. Because I ain't relying on my training. I'm relying on my new training. Totally new training. How does new training work? Not subconsciously. New training, you have to do work. You have to stop yourself. You have to have hearing. You've got to think before you speak. You've got to do everything that says, I'd rather react. It's easier. But God's going, no, we got a new life to operate in. We've got to do some work. Amen. So he says this. He says, because they have itching ears, they want to hear for pleasure. Let me hear some more, let me hear some more. They will heap to them, they're gonna seek more and more teachers that will turn their ears away from truth to hear fairy tales, myths, fables. This is what church people do. I wanna hear, I wanna, what's their view? Let me hear, let me hear what you have to say. Ooh, that sounds cool. Oh wow, that's interesting because I never thought of it that way wait a minute, look what you're doing. Say the statement, I never thought of it that way. Now, now determine where your thought process was birthed. Because if it's birthed from biblical foundation, you ain't thinking that way. But if it's birthed on no foundation, that's why it's so important for me to get you guys a foundation. So that you can hear, you know, whack it, you know, prophet Skippy out there talking about end times and, you know, scary monsters. And you're like going, nah, that's not, I don't know, it's my time, listen to that. That ain't true. And then you haven't wasted time. You haven't wasted your life. You move on to better things, amen? Amen. Or oh me. Amen. All right. So 2 Corinthians 11, 14 says, uh, let's pass that. Foundation, ah, I'm running out of time. I, I want to give you a foundation of God's love, but it's really not this. I, I, I want this established in your heart. How is this going to establish in your heart? You're going to see it in the word, right? What Jesus say, you're hear the word and do the word, right? So you're going to see it in the word and you're going to believe the word. I don't care how you feel at all. I'm not looking for your feelings. I'm not looking for emotion. I'm looking for you to say, I'm going to hear it. And I'm going to believe it. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter your past. Doesn't matter how you trade. Don't worry about the child screaming. That's how you guys pray most of the time. <laughs> John 3, 6, 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Are you in the world? All right. He gave Jesus to die for you. Number one, God loves you. He proved this point. That's why we have celebration. God loves you. He proved this point. For God so loved the world, okay? That's number one. Let's move on. Ephesians 2, 4. But because of his great love for us, his what? Uh, we're not talking just love. Now we said great love. Yeah, when someone has great love, that surpasses a friend's love, Right? That, that, that's someone that's going to sometimes pay for lunch now. Great love. Love is you be paying most of the time. Great love. they they be paying and, 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 and hey, I'll fill up your tank. I've been driving with you for so long. That's great love. Y'all got that? They're partners. All right. I'm trying to help someone in here this morning. Good. Because I was about to go out to lunch and I've been fretting it. All right. But because of his great love, God, who is rich in mercy, the word rich in the Greek language is super wealthy. I, I I love doing that because in relation to grace and mercy, he always connects it to, I got so much of it. I got so much. I am filled a rich with grace and mercy. All right, let's move on. For God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, actually dead in the sin nature, it is by grace you have been saved. He made us alive in salvation by his love. Are you hearing that? Because of his great love, he took you, your nasty self, and put you in with him. He didn't demand change. He didn't man you to quit speaking that way, quit doing this, quit. He doesn't do any of that. That's a religious concept. He didn't do any of it. He said, you call on my name, I'll bring you in. That's the key. Why? Because transformation or change cannot take place until there's a birth. Until there's a birth, there's no authority. There's no place of change or transformation. By you being born again or received in the kingdom, you are new creation. Now there's a responsibility for what? To learn the new you. But because of great love for us, he made us alive with Jesus. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrated his own love for us this way. While we were still sinners. Sinners is not the action of sin. It's the nature of sin the apple tree produces apples. Okay. Apple tree does what? Produce apples. Now, I know that it's a simple concept, but hear me again. The apple tree produces apples. What produce an apple? Apple tree. I didn't say an orange tree to produce apple. apple tree produces apples. The key Is the apple tree. Do you see what I'm saying? The nature of the tree produced a thing we call apple defined by apple tree. That is a great teaching on nature. God isn't looking at apples and screaming, quit doing apples, quit making apples. That would be stupid, right? Why would that be stupid? Because that's an apple tree. God ain't gonna freak out over apples. He wants the nature change. Change the nature. We can work on the fruit. There it is. Alright? So how do we establish this foundation in love? Faith. Romans 10:17 says this. Faith comes by the hearing. And in the Greek language, it's hearing and hearing and hearing hearing constant hearing, hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing what God's word. You want to have success in life. You got to hear this stuff. You got to hear it. Hear the word of God. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. That is a, a definition of meditation. So faith is the process of meditation. I'm not talking about. Meditation you learn from going to Sedona. All right. That's I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ability in the Hebrew language, it 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 means to muse or to mutter something. We all do this, some louder than others, but I'm gonna tell you right now, everybody does meditation. Try screwing up and see what you do. I rarely do not do nothing. Usually you go. That was stupid. You know what you just did? That's meditation. The moment you do something negative, listen how you speak. You might be thinking, I'm just speaking. No, you're not. You're actually meditating. This is how you feel because this is what you think about. Why is it you make a mistake? You go, I'm the smartest thing in the world. How can you not do that? I rule. I reign. I just screwed that appliance up. I'm the best. How come you don't do that? Drive in a car, flat tire, run out of gas. Gosh, it always have. Why don't you get, man, that never happens to me. I'm having a wonderful day today. How come you don't do that? I'm just asking you a question, but see, this is the problem. We don't have too many common sense things happening in church. We got to make it super spiritual. we have to make it religious. I want you to get it just like Jesus did and make it simple. Make it simple. So what happens? We start realizing. Wait a minute. You know this makes more sense because now I can learn. Bingo! Now you can learn. Yes. So how meditating on the word? Proper. I mean, Psalms one one says this: Blessed is the man or the woman who what? Who doesn't hang out with these negative folk? Doesn't hang out with people that speak evil and they're always doing nasty things. They're ones that meditate on the word of God. And as they meditate on the word of God, they're, they're, it's impacting their life to where they're like, I like when he says they're like, and then he says they're like a tree planted by a water that doesn't run out. And he says, as that tree has got this deep water running through its system, he says, this tree is so full, so focused, so strong that it continues to produce fruit and the, the leaves don't wither. Anybody ever heard of an evergreen tree? I mean, it's supposed to stay green all the time. All right. Now, that's what he's, that's a picture of it. Why is it a picture? Because God's saying in a drought, you're going to be looking like you got green, your green leaves all over the place. What is that? That's a testimony. That's a testimony. Look at that tree with all those green leaves. And It's a drought. It's miserable out there. Society, it's miserable out there. The market's crashing. It's miserable out there. And here we are going, dude, look at me. I got green all over. I got green all over. Do that too. I said dude, but do that too. All of you nice people out there. Ephesians three seventeen: that Christ may dwell, make his home in your hearts through faith. How? That you being rooted and grounded in love, that you what? Be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted is an agricultural term. It means you'll be nourished. You'll have stability because your roots are deep grounded. Now grounded is an architectural term. Grounded is foundation. It's setting a foundation before you start building upon it. So this scripture literally is saying that we need to be in the place of understanding that were rooted and grounded in God's love, foundation of God's love. Now think about it. The stability of your life is tied to knowing that God loves you. All right? Knowing. Everybody say knowing. Knowing. Okay. Let me ask you something. Is this word trying to tell you that you're supposed to feel it or know it? That's right. You have to know it before you can feel it. What I'm trying to say is this. It ain't about your feelings anything about your emotion. You didn't go to kindergarten or first grade and the teacher goes, are you emotionally ready to receive this? Of course not. I don't want to be here. I want to be home watching cartoons. (laughs) I throw a fit when my mom took me to school. First day of school, I was cried all the way there. What are you doing to me? Why would you do that? I don't even know these people. I mean, what kind of parent are you? Think about it. You're taking your little child, innocent child, and you're going, here, have them all day. And you don't know anybody, unless you were lucky enough to have a neighbor that was your age, and you're both sitting there going, what are we doing here? It's like, this is ridiculous. But, I mean, think about it. And so you're dropped off in this picture, and then all of a sudden the, the teacher, what does she do? She starts the process of instruction, the ABCs. And as we're learning the ABCs, it's not based upon, are you emotionally sound for this? It's based upon, you're going to hear this over and over till you get it right. You're going to hear it over and over till you get it right. And then we're going to go to that next one. We're going to go to one plus two. And you're going to get, get, get it. You're going to 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 see pictures. You're going to see all kinds. So you're going to do a little story time and go, look at the little car. One car. one oh, I'm going to bring another car. So I remember those days. And all of a sudden you're going, wow, two. And you're learning. No motion involved. God loves you. I proved it. His word said so. I'm not asking you how you feel about it. I'm asking you to believe it because I promise you. I swear to you right now, swearing in a good way, by the way, I swear to you that that word believed will produce the experience of a love that you've needed this your whole life. And you're going to experience it because I have and many other people have. Father, we thank you for the word. Your word is true. We love the word of God and it is bringing light into our life. So, Father, I thank you as we have received the instruction of your word that we leave here not the same. We're hearing the word, and now we're going to apply it just by our meditating on it. We're going to think about it. We're going to start experiencing it by saying, God loves me. I know I mess up. I know I blow it, but you love me. You're not going to quit on me. You're not going to give up on me because I was a no good person. I was sinner. I was in sin. I was rotten. And you had great love for me. That's your proof of you love me. It's unconditional. So I'm going to walk in this truth. I don't fully understand it now, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to believe you and the understanding will come.